Hey, this is TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And I want to take a minute to tell you about Pow Audio. Now, Pow Audio is going to change your listening experience. You're probably asking yourself, TJ, how is Pow Audio going to change my listening experience? Because Pow Audio has a revolutionary design, delivers a crystal clear and powerful sound in a collapsible Bluetooth speaker. That's right, collapsible Bluetooth speaker and is designed for ultimate portability. So check out facebook.com, search POW Audio or on their website, powaudio.com. That's P-O-W-Audio.com. One more time. Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And welcome to the State of the Saints podcast. I really do appreciate you taking the time out uh, to be a part of the podcast. And the reason I decided to do a show um, on this on this Saturday, if you're listening to it or watching it on a Saturday, is because you know, I feel like I owed you all a mulligan. Um, last night, uh, we did a podcast. I had a special guest, Everett uh, Garner, uh, from the Baddest Sports Show. He was a part of the State of the Saints podcast, and we had ourselves a little bit of a debate. But we also had a lot of technical issues. And not to mention, man, it, it was a it was one of those episodes where I really didn't feel like I was interacting with uh, members of the Who That Nation, and that's something that I take very, very important, you know, very, very, very seriously. I take it very, very seriously. So this edition is dedicated to everyone in the Who That Nation. Uh, I want to make sure that I'm answering questions. I want to make sure that, you know, that you all are involved in the show. So I, I, I think I would like to call this the Mulligan edition of the State of the Saints podcast, but thank you all for tuning in. And those that tuned in last night, thank you very much for for bearing with me as we were dealing with technical issues, but we're back at it. And I want to say thank you all very much. The topic of conversation is just to start things off is going to be about Michael Thomas. Uh, according to sports illustrated Yahoo sports, uh, Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport. They're all saying that Michael Thomas will not play in a week two matchup versus the Las Vegas Raiders, which is not a surprise to anyone in a who that nation. I mean, everybody in their mom, I mean, they they would have to agree that Michael Thomas shouldn't have been playing in this game in the first place. If he would have been playing in this game, I think we all would have been raising our eyebrows like The Rock back in 1997 at Sean Payton because we would be wondering to ourselves, why is Michael Thomas in the game? You're going to need him down the line. So who is going to step up? That is what we're going to be talking about on this edition. Who is going to step up and how would the offense change in the absence of one of the best wide receivers in all of football? But thank you very much to all those in the chat right now as people are filing in. Thank you so much. Uh, we got Grayley um, is also uh, in the chat. Was first Brian, Dalton, Chris, Brian Spears, uh, Travis, Donovan, Jerry Poor is in the building. We got Robert Alvarez, Mike, Brandon, Tyra, so many others. I got chemo in here. Caleb, thank you all very much for being a part of the State of Saints podcast. Once again, this show is dedicated to you all, man. This is this is your show right here. As a matter of fact, um, I am going to go ahead and put the link inside of the description really quick. You know what I'm saying? Put the link inside of the chat real quick. So if you want to uh, dial up, you want to be a part of the State of the Saints podcast, feel free uh, to go ahead and, you know, click on that link. You know, I would love to hear what you all have to say you know, about Michael Thomas uh, not playing in week two. But there's also someone else who is not going to be playing in week two, and that's Marcus Davenport. Marcus Davenport for the second week in a row will not be in the lineup. He is dealing with a elbow injury, which I, I don't really don't understand, you know, why. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I look at it this way. Look, I completely understand 
that Sean Payton likes to not put injuries reports out there, right? Because he looks at it as, you know, him being competitive. I get it. I understand that 100. But at the same time, it makes the player look really, really bad because we don't understand the severity of the injury. You know, an elbow injury, I mean, that can be so many things. But let's just say, for example, he's saying he's a, is an elbow injury, but he really broke or chipped something, you know what I'm saying, that in his elbow or his arm or something like that, that we don't know about it. I think if he came out and said, well, Davenport broke his arm or, you know, he had been like swelling in his elbow or something like that or something that, you know, a staph infection or something like that. Like we would understand that more than just on a report saying he got an elbow injury because we're wondering to ourselves, well, why he just can't put no dirt on it or why he just can't put an elbow brace on it and go play. So I understand it from a competitive standpoint. You don't want your opponent to uh, know the severity of the injury, you know, for, you know, I guess when they're trying to scheme, you don't want them to know if that player is going to play or not, but it does make the player look bad in the process. So while you're looking out for the team, you're actually making a player look bad. That, that's just my honest opinion on that. But um, feel free to talk about Marcus Davenport, too. But the question is, uh, who is going to step up? Who is going to step up? Who is going to be that guy? Uh, you know, we seen last week uh, Michael Thomas had three catches for 17 yards. Wasn't his his best game in a Saints uniform. But it also gave us an opportunity to be optimistic uh, this week because we realized that the Saints can actually win a game without Michael Thomas being fully involved. Uh, we've seen Emmanuel Sanders score a touchdown. We've seen Jared Cook step up. Uh, we've seen Deontay Harris make a few plays. We've seen Taysom Hill doing his Swiss Army knife roll. We've even seen a catch out of Traquan Smith, which, uh, you know, is very, very rare going into a week one game. So uh, I think collectively as a group, I think this is the Saints' uh, big chance to show the NFL world that the, the Saints don't, you know, have to go to Michael Thomas every single time. You know, Michael Thomas is the sure thing. He is that guy. You throw the ball to him, he is definitely going to catch it. He caught the ball 81% of the time. Drew Brees or Teddy Bridgewater, Taysom Hill threw it to him. He caught it 80, 81% of the time. I understand like 149 catches. I think the next person, uh, you know, next to him was Jared Cook. He had about 43 catches. So, I mean, he took up the majority of, of the targets for the Saints. But I do think that the Saints have an opportunity to not be as one-dimensional as they have been in the past. And it's going to be hard for a defense to be able to scheme against them offensively because you really don't know who's going to get the football. You really don't know who Drew Brees is going to try to get the ball to. Who I feel like is going to be the X factor in this game, look, I know we've called on this guy for several years. We want this guy to step up. We wanted this guy to be that dude. But I really feel like if you're going to trust somebody outside of Michael Thomas, it's going to have to be Traquan Smith. Because I know a lot of people in the Who That Nation really don't care that much for Traquan Smith, don't believe that he is that guy. But if you're looking at the wide receiver court, he's the guy that has the longevity with Drew Brees. He's the guy that's been in the offense with Drew Brees the longest. So you know Drew Brees is going to have to depend on him a little bit more. Emmanuel Sanders, I feel like you can't put a, you know, a scheme around him. But at the end of the day, you know, He's not going to know the playbook at this stage more than Traquan Smith. Uh, I want to welcome in uh, Jerry Poor Jr. who uh, dialed in. Jerry, how you doing, man? Uh, you on mute right now? Let me unmute you. Well, you're still on mute, my brother. I'm here, TJ. Okay, I can hear you, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. How about you, man? Oh, I'm doing just fine, man. You know, I just wanted to see what you had to say, man. What you got to say about Michael Thomas or any other subject, man. Feel free. Well, well, my, my thought on Michael Thomas is I'm glad they decided not to play him uh, this coming mm -hmm. week or the following right. weeks because it, because you got to have common sense. I know you, he liked to play and everything, and that's great. Mm -hmm. But right. at the same time, with that high ankle sprain, mm -hmm. I don't see it happening, brother. Right. I, yeah, I, 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 I just don't see it happening. So I'm glad. Mm -hmm. I, I, go ahead. Oh, now nah, I was just gonna Wait. say, uh, Jerry. I, I was just gonna say, Jerry. I've just I'm happy uh, that they decided to keep him out. That, that's all I was gonna say, brother. Back to you, man. What you got to say? 
Well, like you said about the wide receivers, because it's, it's a good time for backups to step up. So now, because see, now we got Emmanuel Sanders. He can take. He can take that number one role in the. Be him, it could be our number two, um, Troy Cross Smith at number three, uh, uh, Benny Four. I think now he's gonna be number five. I think Cal, no, no, number five, either one that's gonna help, uh, uh, Thomas' departure while we continue to play, right. Yeah, I, I caught a little bit of it, man. We was having, like, it was going a little bit in and out. But I mean, I understand like what you're talking about with your lineup. Me, me personally, I just want to see, I just want to see Traquan Smith step up because I just feel, in my honest and humble opinion, uh, that he knows the playbook better than any other receiver on this team. I mean, rather you like him or not, rather you respect him or not, rather you feel like he's the guy or not. He is the guy that is more fully involved and embedded into this offense better than even Emmanuel Sanders is. And not to say that Emmanuel Sanders won't be able to step up and make plays. I mean, we've seen that in week one. And um, we really don't know why, you know, it took all the way to the second half late in the fourth quarter in order for Emmanuel Sanders to get involved. Maybe that was a chemistry thing. Maybe it was a connection between he and Drew Brees. But I do feel like going into from week one to week two, we start to see a little bit of a connection between Emmanuel Sanders and Drew Brees, but it's going to take a t- it's going to take some time and maybe a few more weeks for I feel like Drew Brees is going to be comfortable enough to be uh, throwing the ball to Emmanuel Sanders consistently like he would for, to a guy where he knows who's been in the system since he's been a rookie coming out of Central Florida. So I, I want to see him step up. I want to see uh, uh, all these other guys that have opportunities. I want to see them step up. I'm pretty sure they're probably going to activate someone like Lil Jordan Humphreys or even someone like uh, Marquez Callaway. So maybe some of these young guys can get involved in the game, maybe, you know, a player too, maybe if they're trying to stretch the ball down the field. But I, I just want to see something different. I don't want to see the same old song and dance that consists of uh, Drew Brees checking the d- ball down all the way to Elvin Kamara every single time or uh, throwing so it, you know, uh, throwing it like real close, you know, to the to the line of scrimmage to Jared Cook. Let's let's try to open it up. Uh, let's try to take advantage of the fact that the Raiders don't really know how the Saints are going to approach this game, and maybe even add a little bit of Latavius Murray more into the running game because now you have to depend on Alvin Kamara uh, to catch the ball out of backfield a little bit more. And we all seen what Latavius Murray did on last week uh, versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We seen him step up and um, answer the call. So. Uh, Jerry, you got anything else to say, my brother? Uh, not a whole lot, man. Just wanted to give give you my take on who's going to step up while uh, Michael Thomas is out for several weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. Jerry, thank you so but much, man. Call to, back in. I still mm-hmm. want to say, I, I just wanted to say before I leave, uh, I think that I think the Saints going to be just fine without Michael Thomas because, like you said, you got you got to. You got a lot of weapons that can step up, and I think we're going to be all right Monday night. Uh, all we got, all we got to do is did like we did last week when we beat Tom Brady and the, and the Buccaneers. All we got to do is start fast, score more points, play defense, play good offense, special teams, all that. We're gonna come. We can we can leave Las Vegas going two and zero. Yeah, absolutely, Jerry. Man, thank you so much for. Uh, for you uh, chiming in, man. I really do appreciate that. Looking forward to uh, seeing the game, man. Thank you so much. You take care. You too, TJ, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. All right. Uh, take care, man. You too, man. All right, man. That's Jerry Poor Jr. right there, man. The OG of the State of the Saints podcast. Always uh, in the chat. Always tuning in, man. So, Shouts out to Jerry, man, uh, always uh, holding it down for the Who That Nation. Let's go ahead and uh, answer some of the comments here in the chat. Uh, we got Ren says, Michael Thomas' health is more important to us. We want him back at full strength. We have enough to make it through his absence. We did it without Breeze last year. That's a very good point, Ren. And that's what you call a full, uh, a full combination of good coaching and a, and a good roster. Uh, the fact that you can have some of your core guys go down and and the team rises to the occasion that that's two things that happens right there that's a that's a good roster uh that's good coaching but i, I think i gotta add one more just thinking about it 
it's it's personality and, and pride you know what i'm saying like i gotta add a couple more in there because when guys know that a player goes down they rise to the occasion they become better they understand that they have to do a little bit more they got to be a little bit faster they got to be a little bit stronger they got to work on their tackling they got to work on technique in order for them to compensate for what they lost michael thomas being out is a huge blow to the new orleans saints offense because let you know the, the fact is he is the go-to guy he is the number one receiver so you're going to see a drop off but this, that doesn't mean that guys cannot go out there and make plays. That doesn't mean that guys can't step up. You want to see guys like Deontay Harris step up. You want to see guys like, you know, uh, Traquan Smith step up. You want to see Emmanuel Sanders be involved. You want to see Jerry Cook, who was, uh, was involved last week. You want to see those guys step up. And these guys have to answer the call. And they have to go out there and put on their best performance, man, in the absence of Michael Thomas. Even though I like Michael Thomas and a lot is being put on his shoulders, well, well, it deserves to be put on his shoulders. I mean, you're making a hundred million dollars, but some of these guys, man, there's still a lot of unanswered questions about them. I uh, want to give a special shout out to uh, Houdet Davis. Uh, what's going on, man? How you doing? Hey, TJ, what's going on, brother? Uh, nothing much, man. Oh, what, what you got for me? Uh, I wanted to give you my take on this upcoming game with the Las Vegas Raiders and my take on Michael Thomas being out for several weeks. Yeah, uh, go ahead. I've been seeing a lot of. Uh, uh, back and forth between uh, we're going to have a tough time, especially coming up with the Packers and Chargers. Uh, I've seen a lot of people not worried about it. My take on it is what's the I mean, what I mean, what's the problem? Mm-hmm. Last year, everybody counting us up when Drew Brees and Alvin Kamara went down, when Jared Cook went down, I think two times out of the season. And mm-hmm. the fact that we went five and no with Teddy Bridgewater and the fact that Ted Ginn was still able to make some plays when Michael Thomas went out. And they figured out a way to use more of Deontay Harris. I just don't. I, I just don't see the problem. The thing no. with the Las Vegas Raiders is they have a very young secondary. I mean, mm-hmm. very young. They didn't beat Carolina last week. They survived Carolina. Carolina right. last week. So, and with Henry Ruggs being potentially out for for this Monday, and they're mm-hmm. going to be out. They're most likely going to be without their starting right tackle. Right. Uh, the, the, it's, it's really going to be a strong defensive showing, especially with our front seven, with Malcolm Roach having a having a stellar game against Tampa Bay, right. creating pressure up the middle and creating two tackles for losses. Mm-hmm. Uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson leading the leading the defense with uh, uh, I think four solo tackles and six total tackles altogether. Mm-hmm. So our defense is not a problem. Our secondary right. is still being held together by Malcolm Jenkins, two-time Super Bowl winner and at the safety position. And mm-hmm. he's already it is, it is already showing uh that he's having an influence over Marcus Williams. You can right. argue that this you can argue that his um his pass interference call was uh still Michael Williams of old, but it takes time for an influence like Malcolm Jenkins to really kick in. It's right. only week two. So right. as far as offense is concerned, Emmanuel Sanders uh, has been to the Super Bowl with three different teams. Mm-hmm. Last year, he racked up over 800 yards, 400 yards between two teams. Uh, mm-hmm. So for people who are saying that he's not going to be a, an immediate impact guy, I challenge you to come at me with legit facts on why you think that. Uh there's also other factors like little Jordan Humphreys, who has been in the system for long enough to to know uh, to know the to know at least half of the playbook to not make any uh, any careless mistakes. Deontay Harris, especially on special teams, uh, that's going to be an X. That's going to be that the X factor in this entire game. Right. Uh, I can go on. I can go on. Like I can go on this tangent. For like for like a hot minute, man. Like I've <laughs> I've, I've really been dissecting this, but people yeah. just slow like slow the roll down. Sean mm-hmm. Payne already addressed the fact that his play calling last week was absolutely abysmal. So, yeah. so you can expect it to be a, a lot more on his game, especially with Drew Brees and everybody else. Next man up mentality, and we know what the Saints can do when they have that next man up mentality. Right. I mean, you made some great points with it. Um, I, I just want to say. Uh, I definitely agree with you on the on the uh, Emmanuel Sanders take that you had. You know, you you say he had 400 yards between both teams. I, I was looking at it from a I was looking at it from my, the the fact that uh, Drew Brees and the type of quarterback that he is, 
he he's more of a guy who likes to focus on guys he has a rapport with more so than those guys that just coming in. And even though Emmanuel Sanders is a really good wide receiver, I think sometimes Drew Brees likes likes to go to people that he knows more so than the people that just came on. Because if you notice in that game on Sunday, I, I mean, I seen in the first half, I seen Emmanuel Sanders without a catch, and he was on the sidelines looking a little bit frustrated. And I think that was one of the main reasons why Drew Brees threw the ball downfield and, and double and triple coverage, you know, trying to get the ball to him and trying to get him involved because he was getting a little frustrated because I think Drew was kind of looking for everybody else but him. But I do feel like he is one of those guys that's a Chris Route runner, great pass uh, pass catcher, and a very instinctive, uh, you know what I'm saying, player, you know what I'm saying, being able to run in and out of his routes. Um, and I'm not buying what the, the media is selling about Michael Thomas because, like I said before, when you have a good team, when you have guys that got pride, when you got guys that 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 you know have that, that ownership of their positions, then I think you'll be just fine, man. But who that Davis, thank you so much, man, for your comments. I really do appreciate you chiming in, brother. Hey, always, man. I'll always be here. I got one more thing to say before I be yeah, go ahead, go ahead, man. Uh for everybody who's gonna be watching the game, I personally think you need to watch Trey Quan Smith working the outside. They uh when he was when he was brought into the Saints, he did a lot of work on the on the outside as as a as a number one receiver or number two receiver. With my, Michael Thomas being gone and Traquan Smith, Traquan Smith, I apologize, being in a make it or break it uh, break it year this year, you, you can really uh, expect him to take advantage of this uh, this Raiders secondary on the outside. Mm-hmm. I, I expect him to have. Uh, seven catches for at least 75 yards that that's mm. my prediction well i mean i hope that you're right you know I, I think that him being on the outside helps him out a lot i mean that's what he did at central florida he, he counted on his speed you know taking the top off the defense and uh, that was his bread and butter in college and i think by the saints transition him to the inside working a slot because you had ted and junior playing outside i think it kind of stunned his growth because, I mean, he had to basically learn a different technique. He had to work on his footwork. And some guys are just not going to be the, that technically sound at the wide receiver position. This guy playing on the outside still has that speed and ability. Um, I hope that you're right about these 75 yards, man. <laughs> but thank you so much. I appreciate you chiming in. Thank you, man. Call back anytime. Uh, easy All, right. All right. Take care. Uh, who that Davis, man? Shouts out to him. Uh, going to go to Chosen right now. Chosen, what's going on, man? How you doing? What's good, TJ? How you doing, brother? Man, I'm doing just fine, man. What you what you got for me? Well, yeah, man. Just like um <clears throat> the last caller said, man. Shout out to him, man. I feel like we shouldn't put too much emphasis on the game planning on offense. We we know what our offense did, you mm-hmm. know, last week without Michael Thomas being involved. Yes, true, he was there, and we wasn't expecting him not to have a big of an impact. And I'm guessing the defense, you know, the Buccaneers defense probably didn't expect that either, but at the end of the day, he didn't produce like he normally do, and we still almost managed to put up 40. Right. So I feel like, man, we just need to treat this game against the Raiders how we treated when Drew Brees went down with Teddy Bridgewater. I feel mm-hmm. like we need to just manage the game with what we have on offense, and everybody just, you know, mm-hmm. don't push the panic button, and let's just ride the right. wave of this of this hot defense we got coming out, man. Let's let's ride Trey. I, I know Trey Hendrickson ready to get back out there. You know, the man tastes blood last week. You know, he like a shark in water. He tastes that blood. And I'm looking for Cam Jordan. You know, I'm, I'm looking mm. for him to, to to bounce back and, and taste more blood, get more sacks. So I'm just pretty much looking for that defensive line, me personally, to just, just have, that, have that momentum roll over to the next game, man. I'm really looking for the defense to really show up next week. I pretty I pretty much think our offense is going to be okay, you know, game planning without Michael Thomas. And I feel like we're still going to put up big numbers, and I feel like we're still going to be able to move the ball and, and get in good field position where we need to be. But I think it's still going to be mostly about a good defense we should prepare for. I think our defense is going to bring us home next week. Right. You know, we seen last year when – when Drew went down and Teddy came, you know, everybody stepped up because let's let's be honest, I don't think they had that much faith in him like we would have had in the Drew Brees. I feel like we I felt like it was just insurance. Like Sean Payton be like, Yeah, you know, we got you, Teddy, we got you, Teddy, and then turn around, look to defense, like, look, I'ma need y'all to, you know, you, you, we, I know we got Teddy, but I'ma need y'all to 
do do a little something extra for me. You know what I'm saying? Just insurance. Like he just had that insurance, you know. <laughs> right. Just, just a little insurance, man. So I think we just need to keep that momentum rolling from week one, man. And I feel like we're gonna be okay, man. Just let the defense come in, build up, get it hype. And I think that's gonna open up our offense more than Traquan stepping up and you know, and um putting all that pressure on Sanders, man. Just let Sanders do Sanders. Let Traquan do Traquan. And let's just ride the wave of that defense because I feel like that defense is going to step up more than we can expect the big game from Traquan. So I just, yeah. I just, I'm just riding that defense wave right now, man. They hot right now. So, so I'm betting with, I'm betting with that Saints defense, man. That's all I got. Yeah. Yeah. Chose. I mean, you make a good point, man. No doubt about it. I look at the, the Saints defense and they're going to need a tough, they're going to need a really good showing uh, in, in this game. And, and the reason why I'm saying that is because you talk about the, the Raiders offense. You see Henry Ruggs went down. You know, he's dealing with the same type of injury right now that Michael Thomas with a high ankle sprain. So this guy's your number one go-to receiver outside of him. You don't really have many other receivers. I mean, you have Waller, who's a really good tight end, kind of similar to Jared Cook. But their, their bread and butter is Josh Jacobs, the running back. So it's, it's good that the Saints was getting pressure on Tom Brady. There was, you know, there was causing havoc and stuff like that. And it's very good that the Saints for the last two years have been one of the teams, uh, one of the best uh, defensive teams against the rush uh, in the NFL, not allowing a 100-yard rusher in over almost three years, if not three years. So you're going to really have to battle out there in those trenches, man, because the Raiders are one of those teams that like to run the football. They like to set up the play action. And you're definitely going to have to uh, count on the fact that Derek Carr is uh I know a lot of people may not care for him that much, but when it comes to the play action game, I mean he does a really good job. He has a strong arm. Uh, he can get the ball where it needs to be. He's accurate at you know. I mean his accuracy kind of comes and goes, but it's not like he's one of those quarterbacks that can't get the job done. So the Saints are going to have to get pressure on him, and they're definitely going to have to stop uh, Josh Jacobs from getting at least a hundred yards. You know, and, and he can also catch the ball out of the backfield too. So this is going to be like one of the battle in the trenches, you know, and also the Saints are going to have to work on the time of possession to me, you know, yes, running the football, you know, I mean, you don't have your star wide receiver out there. So you got to be playing the, the, the clock game in this, in this, in this matter. You know, you want to make sure that you're going out there, running the football, controlling time of possession, getting the ball down the field, uh, getting first downs, you know, on third downs, converting. So if they can do all that, man, it don't have to be a, a 40 point showing anything right, like, that, like right. they almost put up against Tampa. But I mean, the, 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 the object of a football game is to have more points than your opponent at the end of the game. So, correct. So all they got to do is just uh, go out there. I mean, nothing wrong with being conservative. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, just getting through until you figure things out. Uh, Chosen, you got anything else for me, man? Um, Nah, man. Um. If it ain't too early in the show, I will. I will want to ask you. Have a question for you personally, man. Um, yeah, go ahead. What? What? Do, I know you said it's gonna be a fight in the trenches. So, give me your final score. What you thinking? Like, what? What, what you thinking? The final score end up being? Uh, I was gonna. I was gonna do my prediction show on tomorrow, but I'll tell you. Man. Oh wait, no, 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 no. I'm about to say. Look, hey, look. I will tell you what, man. I mean, look. I will tell you on Facebook, all right? <laughs> I, 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 I message you on Facebook, man. I'll tell you. Anything, all, right? <laughs> all right, man. That's all I got, just, man. I'm just because you join the show. <laughs> yeah, just because you my guy, I tell you. You know what I'm saying? The messages, all right? But take I it easy, man. That. All, all right. right, all right. Take care, man. My guy chosen, <laughs> but definitely, man. We're gonna do the predictions. We're gonna do the predictions on tomorrow, folks. Uh, so uh, be sure, man, that you turn uh, check that out. Uh, we're going to be the prediction show tomorrow. State of the Saints podcast. Uh, let's go ahead, man. Let's see what's going on in the chat. Got my big brother EJ in the building. It says, "What up, who that nation?" Thank you very much, EJ, man. Thank you for uh, holding down in the chat. Uh, we got Dada says uh, it's not good because some shows you can't. Uh, uh, tubs in loan I, I don't know i don't know what that exactly means that uh brandon says tj do you think that ryan pace uh poor scouting is the reason the saints haven't won the super bowl uh look at how he's destroying the bears draft picks with poor selections uh look be careful what you ask for you just might get it you know ryan pace uh you know he was part of that scout team end up getting promoted being a gm of the chicago bears Probably one of the best things that ever happened to the Saints because they were able to get Jeff Ireland. Like I said, you got to put this guy in the boat, hide this guy, 
because somebody's going to be calling up Jeff Ireland really, really soon. He's going to be somebody GM. And, oh, man, I can't believe I'm saying this. It might be the Atlanta Falcons. He might end up being the Atlanta Falcons GM. And that would be the day that it would be a sad day in New Orleans. But you can't keep a guy like Jeff Ireland on your roster without somebody making a phone call. Uh, Kim Kimo says, I feel this is the game. D. Harris breaks out with at least two touchdowns with Sean's creativity due to Mike being out. Yeah, man, we got to count on Deontay Harris. And the one thing about Deontay I really like, he's one of those guys that can, you know, I mean, he can make his, he can make a play from anywhere. You know, like you can throw him a wide receiver screen. A guy can be zero in on him right in his face. He'll be able to make a guy miss. You know, so he's one of those guys that, that what you call a playmaker, guy that can make a play. And uh, I think that one of the things that he suffered with was his route running. Uh, it looks like he's a lot faster. It looks like he he's better when it comes to running routes. So I'm looking at definitely looking at him as being an egg factor in this game uh, offensively. You know, I think he can do a whole lot of great things. And I think that Sean Payton is going to uh, use him in a variety of ways. And also another guy, a lot of people aren't talking about in the Who That Nation, that's Ty Montgomery. Ty Montgomery is a guy that can really step up and make plays, man. He's, you know, I, I, he's more like a poor man's Alvin Kamara, you know, not no disrespect to him. You know, even if you're a poor man's Alvin Kamara being mentioned as a uh, type of Alvin Kamara type player is still a plus. So you still have Ty Montgomery out there who can who can do some things as well. So all is not lost, uh, who that nation. The black and gold zone says it is, but we can survive and accomplish what we set out to do. And that's when. Yeah, you can. Uh, it's about game planning. It's about scheming. It's about understanding your opponent. And it's about going out there and not taking your opponent lightly. You know, the Las Vegas Raiders, I mean, not much winning has been going on in the Raiders organization over the years. So these guys have something to prove. I mean, John Gruden, when he's going into about his second or third year with the team, uh, you look at uh, this, this, this young Raiders team. I mean, these guys play with a lot of pride. They're learning how to win together. They're learning how to play they've learned they're learning in a new market and you know they want to bring legitimacy to that market so this is their first game inside of the debt star as they call it out there in las vegas so they're going to want to uh, show people that man this is not a fluke man we moved to a new town we got a new identity it's time for us to do some winning so this is not going to be an easy game for the new orleans saints and we all remember you know the game that the new orleans saints had against the raiders back in the day uh, you know, that was in the Superdome, man, came down to the Hawaii and Derek Carr made a play to Michael Crabtree to win a game. So uh, I think that the defense is a little bit better than that defense was that played the Raiders back in the day. But I still want to see the New Orleans Saints go out there and, and prove that they're the better team. Look, on paper, the Saints are a better team than the Las Vegas Raiders. And you can't be sitting around here playing around with teams that you're better than. And you definitely can't go out there and be trying to showboat, lollygag and pussyfoot around and be out here trying to trying to showboat okay this is a game right here you want to control the time of possession you want to make sure that you're making plays you want to make sure that you're extending drives and most importantly man you just want to run the football a little bit more okay the Raiders don't have a a defensive line that you got to hoop and holler about you know what I'm saying they definitely aren't one of those defensive lines that can get uh, pressure on a quarterback on a consistent basis you have a couple guys out there you know what I'm saying Crosby he does a really good job coming up off the edge and you have a couple guys out there that can do, you know what I'm saying, do some things as well. But this is a very young Raiders team still trying to learn how to win. And uh, who that uh, Davis also touched about the secondary. I mean, a very young secondary out there. So those guys are going to want to step up and really try to prove that, okay, man, we're going up against one of the best uh, quarterbacks in, in NFL history. We want to make sure that he remembers who we are. And then we also have another cornerback on the team of the Raiders who uh, said that he has some bulletin board material, um, you know, because of Drew Brees comments. So uh, he put that little nugget out there. So those guys are going to want to come out there and, and set the tone in this game. So the Saints better be ready. That's all I got to say. They, they better be ready. Uh, Derek says, TJ, you always telling us how you appreciate us, but you don't know that you are a breath of fresh air to us. And yes, you are a hell of a host, man. I appreciate that, Derek. Thank you, man. But look, I, I wouldn't be where I am. I wouldn't be, you know, I wouldn't have been able to interview such amazing people. And I definitely wouldn't be able to, you know, exercise my gifts, you know, and, and show them to the world without you all. You know, I mean, 
So I really do appreciate that, man. I mean, the, the reason why this show is so successful right now and the reason why it's growing is because of you. You know, I mean, I, I see people sharing these videos, you know, I mean, just randomly. Like, I'll be strolling down Twitter and I just see somebody sharing the State of the Saints podcast. Or I see somebody sharing an audio podcast. I mean, that's humbling, man. Y'all just don't know. I mean, I, I never thought that we would be at this point, you know, three years in to the State of the Saints podcast where I've had opportunity to interview Super Bowl champions and and, and, and Saints beat writers and people work for the NFL Network. And that, that has all to do with all of the amazing people that encourage me, that, that inbox me. You know, like you all keep me going, man. And I appreciate that. I, I really do. So, I mean, I never want to be one of those guys that get to a certain point where I feel like I don't need people and people don't matter. Like, I feel like if, if when I get to that particular point, it's time for me to get out of it. But I don't think I'm ever going to get to that point. And I'm never going to stop telling you all I appreciate you because I do. So thank y'all, man. Thank y'all for making this show what it is. Really, Real talk. Uh, Justin uh, says, we'll be all right. I like that type of optimism, Justin. We need that in the Huda Nation. Liddy uh, says, uh, our defense and special teams won the last game. The O was performing. Uh, they what? Uh, uh, the O wasn't performing, uh, Liddy, or you were saying the O was performing? I, I assume you meant wasn't performing. They, they definitely wasn't. But exception to that big play to Jared Cook, they didn't do nothing offensively, man. That offense looked horrible uh, in, late in the second half. You know, like they, they didn't do anything at all. I mean, offensive line i mean they were just getting whooped uh you know drew Brees couldn't get the ball down the field because he didn't have enough time uh alvin kamara was getting stopped but the thing about it is i mean you're not going to be going up against Devin white and levante davis every single week so you're going to have the opportunity for alvin kamara to go out there and make some explosive plays and latavius murray to be able to break some plays as well it's not going to be like that every week. You're not going to go up against two of the arguably the best young linebackers in all of football right now. So Kai says, no predictions. I just want the Saints to handle business and get the win simple as that. I agree with you. I don't care what the score is. And, uh, you know, I am going to give you all the score because, I mean, we have to do a prediction show, but I don't care what the score is. Um, the object of football, you know, the objective, excuse me, is the fact that uh, you have to have more points than your opponent. Okay, I don't care if it's 27, 26. I don't care if it's 28, 27. Nobody remembers how you won a game. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody remembers at the end. Maybe in a Super Bowl or something like that, you know, because it's like one of those memorable games. But week two against the Las Vegas Raiders, around week 14, week 15, nobody's going to care what the score was. The only thing you're going to be uh asked is is the, did the Saints win or did they lose? Okay, that, that's all that matters. So just win the game. And words of uh, <laughs> Al Davis, ironically, just win, baby. Uh, Jared says, uh, I'll say my prediction score for Sunday. Yeah, man, uh, bring, bring your prediction scores tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow, uh, State of the Saints podcast prediction show. Uh, we're probably going to kick off like around 4 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time. That's 3 Central. So, uh, you know, no Saints game coming on. So I, I don't mind, like, you know, cutting my NFL experience short. You know, no, no game really intrigues me like a Saints game. You know, I mean, I think with Tampa playing uh, Carolina and then you have two teams that I wish would both lose, the Atlanta Falcons and the Dallas Cowboys. Like, can they both lose? That, that, that's what I would like. Just, just both of them lose. <laughs> Brian says, uh, what do you think the next Saints player to get signed by the team and get paid? Uh, that would be Ryan Ramchek and that would be Marshawn Lattimore. Those are going to be the two, the next two guys to get paid. I will pay Ryan Ramchek first. Jeff Ireland was garbage when he was the Dolphins general manager. Uh, Dalton, but that's the thing, man. You know, uh, you can look at somebody like, let's say, uh, Bill Belichick, for example, right? You know what I'm saying? Bill Belichick, uh, when he was the head coach, who is he with the head coach of the the Cleveland Browns? He wasn't the Bill Belichick he was uh, with the New England Patriots and being arguably the best coach that ever, uh, ever coached in the NFL. I mean, somebody like Bill Parcells. I mean, Bill Parcells was a winner in New York. You know what I'm saying? The king of New York. You know, he, he wasn't the same coach when he was around that thing, you know what I'm saying, uh, being the president of the Miami Dolphins or uh, coaching uh, the Dallas Cowboys. So I guess it, it all depends, man. Like, and even Pete Carroll. You know, Pete Carroll, he, he used to coach the Patriots back in the day. Then he went to USC. 
you know, became a respectable coach and then went to Seattle and now look at him, you know, one of the best coaches in football. So sometimes it takes guys to stop certain places. Okay. Stop at certain places, develop, you know, as a coach, as a GM, as a, you know what I'm saying? As a player. I mean, sometimes you're not going to get it the first time around. Sometimes it's going to take, uh, you know, it's going to take some time. And with Jeff Ireland, maybe learn from his mistakes. He learned from his mistakes and he realized what he did wrong and he corrected him. And now to me, he's the best scout in football. And I think that 2017 class uh, proves it, you know, and, and you cannot say, you know, over the last couple of years that the Saints haven't gotten players that have been contribute have, have not contributed in some way, shape or form to this team. So, I mean, despite the fact that Davenport, you know, he's been injured. When he's in a game, does not act like he he can't be a factor, and he and he doesn't you know show up and perform. So Jeff Ireland has done an outstanding job, and like I said, sometimes it just takes guys to to fall on their face sometime in order for them to dust themselves off and be like, okay, what can I do to avoid slipping and falling again? So you got sometimes it's best for you to learn from those mistakes. Uh, the video is not working for me. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know why. Only the chat. I, I'm not sure why. Uh, there's been times in Bree's career where he literally targeted every receiver we had. The Super Bowl year, we did the same. Yeah, I mean, that is true, you know. And I, I said that last night, you know, on the State of the Saints podcast when I was talking to Everett. I said, you know, he he, he brought up a comment about Drew Brees uh, having receivers and, 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 you know, not being able to get them the ball. And my question was, when has that ever been an issue for Drew Brees? I mean, Drew Brees on Thanksgiving a couple of years ago, I want to say 2018, he threw four touchdowns to four undrafted free agents. You know, like un- un- unbelievable. You know, so that's never been an issue. So why is it now that Drew Brees just need all this elite talent around him? You know, the only logical logical explanation that you have is the fact that, you know, he can't do it anymore. You know what I mean? It, look, it happens. You know what I'm saying? All the greats end up you know slowing down and they need help around them you know they, they need guys that can be able to step up you know you look at somebody like you know lebron right now you know playing for the lakers uh you seen uh anthony davis i know <laughs> new Orleans pelican fans don't really want to hear his name but i mean he had 37 points and what lebron had about 14 so sometimes you need those guys you know saying to be able to step up when you can't be able to perform and and go that extra mile like you once did Drew Brees needs a team around him. He needs a guys uh, defensively that can play stout defense, and he needs a running game, guys that can be that battering ram, and then he can go out there, you know, and and, and you know get the ball down the field, and you know, and when they need uh, first downs to be able to convert that, and there's nothing wrong with that. He's still a great quarterback, but you just got to change the way he plays. Uh, Josh says, "Who that?" Jerry says, should be good game on Sunday, ready to close out week two in Vegas. Yeah, me too. Uh, Chauncey uh, says, uh, we need to test t- uh, to build on, uh, to know just in case it's, yeah, um, un- indefinitive. Um, uh, let me let me say this. Um, let me say this real quick, man. I think the Saints need a player uh, to really step up that's outside of the people that we just know you know like it, it's time for somebody to answer the call you know what i'm saying it is time for for somebody to answer the call and, and really go out there and do their best to make sure you know what i'm saying like drew Brees can know that they can count on him like i'm tired of looking at the same usual suspects all the time you know what i'm saying like that, that's what i'm that's what i'm tired of seeing that, that's what i'm tired of seeing you know uh, uh let me see chauncey said oh it oh i just read that uh to know just in case it's uh indefinite look i i just i think the saints just need to i ju- i just think that the saints just need to uh to step it up you know what i'm saying defensively offensively somebody out there outside of the usual suspects need to step up in my opinion well that's, that's all i gotta say Chemo, you must school me on the ancient ways of food jacking. <laughs> uh, Frater says, true. I know nothing of such gift, big bro. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Breeze had one all-pro his entire Saints career, even though Marcus Colston was robbed out of being all-pro multiple years. 
Yeah, I mean, but look, I can make an argument for all of this, okay? Uh, Marcus Colston played in an era where if you wasn't all up in the camera, all up in the videos, you know, doing touchdown celebrations, doing all these funny antics, then nobody really paid attention to you. He he was in an era of the diva receiver. So he kind of flew under the radar in a, in a 2000 odds, as they call him, you know, from 2000 to 2010. He kind of, you know, fell under the radar. And then, you know what I'm saying, then the emergence of some of these other, you know, wide receivers in the NFC, they were still there throughout the career of Marcus Colston. And those guys stood out because, you know, they were characters. Uh, even though he played in the same division as Steve Smith Sr., uh, Steve Smith Sr. was more outgoing than Marcus Colston was. And I feel like the, the laid-back demeanor that he had caused him uh, to, to get the attention that he deserved. You know, the thing about with Michael Thomas, Michael Thomas goes out there and performs, but Michael Thomas is also known for going at people on Twitter. You know, he's, he's, he don't talk noise on the field and stuff like that. You don't really hear him talking noise, but he goes at people's necks on social media. Uh, social media, everybody has one. So Michael Thomas is able to go out there and, and put himself on the map by, you know, going at people like Josh Norman and, and talking about people like Xavier Rose and going back and forth with people like Stefan Diggs and, and, you know, and Deontay Parker. So he kind of puts himself out there. Marcus, Co Marcus Colston wasn't that guy. So I think that he suffered because of it. And as far as like with the all pros and stuff like that, like I said, the Saints were a, you know, they, they, they were a committee. You know what I'm saying? They wasn't just a one-man show. They were a group. Drew Brees threw the ball to Devin Henderson. He threw the ball to Lance Moore. He threw the ball to Pierre Thomas. He threw the ball to uh, so many other players. David Thomas, Jeremy Shockey. I mean, whoever was open, he threw the ball to him. So there wasn't a guy that really stood out besides Marcus Colston, but that's the power of the national media. The national media doesn't take the time to watch Saints games. They only go by the narrative that's being fed through them. I mean, a fed to them. And that narrative was that Drew Brees distributes the ball to nine different players. So he distributes the ball to 10 different players. And Marcus Colston gets left, you know, left in the rain because nobody ever just looked at him as, man, you know, he is Drew Brees' go-to guy because during that time, the narrative was Drew Brees didn't have one. But I do agree that Marcus Colston should have been an all-pro and he definitely should have been to the Pro Bowl a couple of times. Dalton says, what happened to Rankins last week? Uh, Rankins did his job, Dalton. You know, sometimes, uh, Dalton, I think that we get things misconstrued because we look at people like Fletcher Cox and we look at people like Aaron Donald and we look at those guys being interior linemen and those guys do something that's very unconventional of, of interior linemen and that's get sacks, double-digit sacks. But interior linemen, it, it was very, very rare that you see an interior lineman get double-digit sacks. The only person back in the day that was getting that was somebody like Warren Sapp. And there was a reason why he was so renowned and well-known in the NFL, because at that particular time, interior linemen getting double-digit sacks, you were known as a freak of nature. So I think a lot of people don't understand that the interior lineman's main job is to stop the run. So when you look at the Saints not allowing a 100-yard rusher in three years, when you're looking at guys uh, getting stopped at the line of scrimmage, you have to look at guys like Malcolm Brown, uh, Sheldon Rankins, uh, David Anyamata. Those are the reason why these guys can't get past the A-gap. You know, that, that's the reason why. So even though he didn't show up, you know, you know, as far as getting sacks and stuff like that, those TFLs, that's very, very important, you know, for putting, putting the uh, offense of the opposite team behind the eight ball. Those are very, very important. The tackles for loss. And that's what he was doing, Dalton. He was getting those tackles for loss. He wasn't out there getting pressure on Tom Brady. He wasn't out there getting the quarterback hurries. But when it was time for the, him to do some dirty work, when it's time for him to get some tackles and to make sure that they didn't get any yards, you know, up the seam, up the gap, uh, especially him, his gap, you know, he was doing an outstanding job with that. So I, I think that we need to understand, like, the interior lineman, the defensive tackle is very, very – <laughs> it's very, very rare that you see him get double-digit sacks. That's what makes people like Aaron Donald and Fletcher Cox so special because they are getting those double-digit sacks. Or uh, Fletcher Cox, who may not get double-digit sacks, he get close to it. So you have to uh, give those guys credit. But 
Sheldon Rankins did his job, and that's stopping the run because that's the most important job of a defensive tackle. Just listen to what he's saying. <laughs> uh, Josh says, Breeze targets everyone on the field. Whoever is open gets the ball. Yep. I mean, anybody that you get a ball to, anybody who's open, he's going to get a ball to him. I'm looking forward to the Saints going uh, through these uh, challenges. Uh, Thomas out possibly a few games. Davenport hurt as usual. All of these are obstacles and we have to overcome. We will overcome in Super Bowl uh, 55. Uh, I hope so. Um, I hope that I hope that uh, these things do come to pass. Uh, I, I think that uh, it's early in the season, so it's it's best for those injuries to your top players to happen early in the season than to happen late. Like, can you imagine like week fourteen or week fifteen this happened to Michael Thomas? You know, yeah. I mean, you don't want to see him out, but you definitely keep him out as long as you possibly can. Um, in order for him to get healthy enough, in order for him to come back and be 100%. Because when you're dealing with an ankle injury, those injuries keep occurring. So you want to make sure that he's he's close to 100% as he can possibly be before he comes back. Lost respect for Shockey after he went on snitching. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he definitely was uh, allegedly the whistleblower of that whole bounty gate scandal. Uh, that took place with the New Orleans Saints uh, back during the Super Bowl time. But, I mean, he is a Super Bowl champion with the New Orleans Saints. That's something that can't be replaced. And um, he was a really good tight end, man. I mean, the way that he operated, I mean, blowing a whistle and stuff like that, I mean, you can – I have to agree with you. You know, I think that was some sucker mentality uh, that, that took place right there with uh, him uh, blowing a whistle on the Saints team because, I mean, it wasn't no problem. You know, when you was out there winning games with the team, but now all of a sudden, like, they don't want you anymore. It's a problem. So, but at the same time, man, I, I like Jeremy Shockey as a player. I think he was a really good player for the Giants, and he was a good player. He did some good things for the Saints. So, I mean, it's over with now. I mean, it's nothing can be done. Can't change it. And the Saints uh, now, you know, they're one of the best teams in the league. So, I just think that, man, we just let that go. It's over. <laughs> What are your keys to victory this Monday? Uh, Ray Ray, I would discuss my keys to victory uh, on the on the prediction show on tomorrow, man. I go into depth with that. You know what I'm saying? I ain't trying to, like, like snub you or anything like that, brother. You know what I'm saying? I guarantee you I'm going to answer that question on tomorrow. So uh, don't worry about it. Uh, the national media, we can't stand you Southern uh, stir-fried Saints fan. <laughs> national media, uh, I, I believe you. I believe you, you know. It, it, it's always like this 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 stigma about people from the south they think that people from the south are slow you know uncool you know not smart you know I, I i don't get it and maybe they don't feel like it they're the people from the south are worth their time but man i i don't know i, I just feel like the i just feel like the national media just don't like teams like from the south i guess they don't feel like they that important but the teams that they want you to care for don't do much Kirk says, to what do you think about maybe using Taysom as a route runner? I think it would throw the Raiders defense completely off. Uh, Kirk, uh, thank you very much. I appreciate that question. Look, I, I, I'm at a point where I feel like the Saints got enough pieces. They don't need to be using Taysom Hill all the time. OK, I understood last year because you had people like Josh Hill who was in and out of the lineup. You had Jared Cook, who was dealing with injuries and stuff like that, and the Saints were slowly trying to bring him back. So you use Taysom Hill as that tight end. Look, you got Adam Troutman, a guy that a lot of people are considering being the next Rob Gronkowski or a young George Kittle. You got Jared Cook, who's a very good pass catcher and not afraid to go up and get it. You got Josh Hill, who is a X and a Y tight end, means he blocks also, you know, and he can pass catch. So – I don't understand why you don't use those guys. I mean, these guys are athletic. You know, Adam Trotman is one of those guys that that's athletic. Uh, you can use Taysom Hill and, and you know in different ways. Maybe use him you know on a, on a play where you're trying to confuse people. I, I agree with that point, but to line him up consistently at that position, I feel like you will be taken away from some of those other guys that can you know their primary role is to be a tight end. So I don't think the Saints need to go out there just using. Taysom Hill or at the tight end position all willy-nilly like, you know, let him go out there and throw the ball down the field. Let him go out there and make some plays with his arm. You know, show show the world that he's not just a guy that can just run real fast, 
but he can also be a quarterback as well. He can get the ball down the field because I think that in order for the Saints to get some explosive plays in 2020, it's going to have to be somebody like Jameis throwing the ball or Taysom throwing the ball down the field. Not to say that Drew can't get the ball down the field, but I'm talking about on a consistent basis, okay? that That's what I'm talking about here. So I, th- I would like to see the Saints use Taysom in more of a quarterback role, more so than just using him, you know, as that Swiss Army knife, you know? TJ, I had an argument with my homeboy about Coaston was better than Wes Welker. What are your thoughts? Uh, right there, Gomez, I, I feel like there's two different type of wide receiver styles right there. You know, Marcus Coaston was more of a possession receiver, uh, wasn't that strong of a route runner. It was more so what Sean Payton used him at, at you know, the fact that he played tight end at Hostra kind of helped him out a, a little bit. Uh, the fact that he was a wide receiver, he can go into the slot, you know, he can, uh, you know, be able to be a matchup nightmare to some of those smaller nickel corners. So, but when you look at somebody like Wes Welker, he was faster than Marcus Colston. And I have to say he was a better route runner. Now, I mean, if you're talking about hands, I think they were probably uh, neck and neck when it came to the hands. But I think that Marcus Colston was a little bit more physical than Wes Welker was. Wes Welker was more of a lunch pail type uh, wide receiver, meaning, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, he'll get like, no, I'll I take that back. Marcus Colston was more of a lunch pail wide receiver, guy that just goes to work, just shows up, you know, and you throw him the ball, he going to catch it. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Very little disregard for his body from time to time. And, you know, a guy that just won his matchups. But with Wes Welker, he was more of a finesse wide receiver. He was one of those guys that could run the out routes. He was the guy that can run the uh, quick slants. He was the guy that, you know what I'm saying, that can catch the ball over the middle, you know what I'm saying, and uh, make some plays. So I feel like there's two different type of wide receivers we're talking about here. If you was to talk about somebody like, I don't know, Marcus Colston and Anquan Bolden, I would have to say that's kind of like on the same similar type uh, skill set. You know, Anquan Bolden was a possession type guy who who would fight for extra yards, get the first down, kind of the same way with Marcus Colston. Wasn't the fastest person in the world, but you encounter on the make plays when you needed them. It's two different type of players. Like if you wanted to like to compare Wes Welker to somebody like Cooper Cup, or you know what I'm saying, somebody like that, or even a Brandon Cooks. Like that's that's the type of player that I look at when I see Wes Welker. I feel like those guys are two different type of wide receivers, but they both were good in my opinion. I think they both were winners. I think if you put if you were to put both of those guys on the same team, a team, I mean. I guarantee you, you'll have yourself a Super Bowl contender because of the offense. I already read that. TJ, this is hard to admit, but I have been embezzling funds from your bank account. The clerk thinks I'm you when I put a hat on. That's how I get away with it. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Shouts out to my uh, brother E. Jones, which I, I really don't I, I don't think that's him. I'm just going out on a limb here. But uh if, if that's the case, man, I need my money back ASAP. <laughs> Kirk says, to what do you think about maybe using Taysom as a route runner? Oh, I already read that one right there. Yeah, uh, E. Jones says, damn. Uh, so that's where my Skrilla went. <laughs> Chance says, uh, losing Thomas will only make the team stronger because of the rest of the guys, including Drew, will have to gain confidence in his absence. Yeah, I mean, look, he's out. He's out. I mean, we have to come to grips with that, right? And it's nothing we can do. It's over. You know, all the speculation. Is he going to play? Is he not going to play? All that's been put to bed. It's time now for the Saints to try to uh, muster up a game plan in order for them to get this victory. So it's going to have to it's going to have to be Drew Brees stepping up, counting on these guys to make plays. And these guys are going to have to really go out there and, and help Drew Brees out, you know? Do you think Ty Montgomery will touch the field any? Absolutely. Uh, Raymond, I don't know if you uh, just joined, uh, but I talked about that earlier when I talked about my X factors. I said uh, Ty Montgomery, who I feel like is a a poor man's Alvin Kamara, a guy that can catch the ball out of the backfield, run between the tackles, and also line up at wide receiver. Uh, I think he will be a factor in this game. Ty Montgomery is really good. E. Jones, you're going to have to teach me uh, how you do it. Uh, let's see. Tyra says, y'all play too much. Josh says, Saints fans are one of a kind. I agree with that. Tyra also said, Tyra, well, the mysterious Tyra, would y'all judge me if you knew that 
I'm still scared to go to sleep without a teddy bear, though. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, the, the mysterious, uh, I don't know if that's a roof or a, a piece of wood. I don't know what that is, but he, he's everybody tonight. <laughs> um, House of Wigger uh, says, yo, not Saints related, but I don't know if you heard, but you know JFU about to hire Deion Sanders as his next head coach. Uh, I'm the first person that actually broke that news. I was the first person. I've been telling you, go, go back, go look at my Twitter on State of Saints, okay? I've been... I've been telling everybody that Deion Sanders was coming to Jackson State since I say about the beginning of September, like September 3rd or something. I've been knew he was coming, man. I already knew, okay? I, I knew it. I've been telling everybody. People was ignoring me and all that kind of stuff. And now all of a sudden, I mean, I tell you, I mean, the press conference is going to take place on the 21st, 21st of September. The itinerary, and I got the itinerary and everything, though. Like, for real, I, had, I, I got it all. So I, I knew what was going on. I, I knew it was happening, you know, so, yeah, I, I I tell you all the things about Deion Sanders, the fact that he graduated from Talladega College because uh, it was it's a requirement in order for you to coach on a college level, you need a college degree. That's the reason why he went back to school. And the reason why they fired the head coach of Jackson State so abruptly was because they wanted Deion Sanders to have an opportunity to go out there and get his coaches that he wanted. So, yeah, I've been doing this, man. New news to everybody, old news to me. <laughs> Josh says, agree. Kevin says, hollering who that from Philly, you heard me. And shouts out to Philly. Shouts out to Kevin out there in Philly. Uh, the Truth Hurts says, I'll be sneaking Vaseline into the dome in case I get hemorrhoids for the chili dogs. It's a lifesaver. <laughs> Delta says, do you think Zach Vaughn will be on Monday? Uh, they're probably having a, a few packages, Dalton. I just feel like the Saints uh, want to make sure that they just gradually bring him into the lineup. That's that's what I feel. I don't think they want to rush him out there. And would you rush him out there after the way those linebackers played last week? I wouldn't. Uh, so, yeah, he just asked me the same question twice. But, yeah, uh, Dalton, I, I, I think he'll be in certain packages. Gomez says Mississippi stand up. We going to welcome Dion. E fam, shout out to your alma mater. Wish I could have went to J State. Yeah, man. I mean, everybody can't, you know, be a tiger. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> nah, man. But shouts out to Jackson State. Real talk, man. I mean, one of the man, some of the greatest moments of my life uh, happened at that school, man. Some of the uh, best relationships, you know, what I'm saying friendships, all that, you know, what I'm saying happened at Jackson State, man. I wouldn't trade my college experience for nothing. You know, so I, I wish I was in college during this time, you know, especially Deion Sanders being a coach so I could turn up. Uh, JSU Dalton and Lynch Street. Yeah, man. 1400 John R. Lynch Street. Yeah. 1400 John R. Lynch Street, man. Shouts out to it. Brandon says every. Dalton said, well, I messed up. That's why I asked you twice. Okay, Dalton, you know, man. I, I try to do spell check as well. Uh, I could see Ty playing kick returning and in the slot. He was a good receiver at college. I kind of feel like Callaway or Harris will get a touchdown this game. I think Harris will. I think Harris might turn up this game. It's time for Traquan Smith to step up. You know, that, that's been that's been the same topic for the last three years. I think I, I think we really have to count on him to step up this time you know usually it's just kind of like lip service it's, it sounds like the right thing to say but he really gonna have to step up will Deion sanders uh son come play for his father nah uh -uh. i think he playing for florida atlantic if i'm not mistaken man them falcons about to make life miserable for the cowboys i just like both of them yeah me too man i wish both of them lose i seen tack mckinley he, he was hopping on an airplane he had a a cowboy hat on a you know, like cowboy shirt and some, and, you know, and some boots. You know what I'm saying? Walking on there talking about how about them cowboys, man. Tag McKinley, uh, bro. Mm -hmm. If, if you want to talk noise, at least be good, man. You talking about a dude that's stealing money? They ain't even pick up his fifth year option. So, yeah, Tag McKinley a fraud, man. He funny, but he, he not that good. Mississippi in the house, who that? Everyone seems to forget that we have Adam Troutman. Uh, I can see the Saints using a lot of two tight end sets against the Raiders. Yep, I can too. I'm glad you brought that up, Brandon. That's a very good point. 
And also use tight end sets to run the football too, by the way. <laughs> e. John says, will you loan me $50 tonight, brother? Uh, there's this uh, porno. Fl- <laughs> <laughs> ah, man. I would need that with a loan right there. <laughs> Josh says, uh, yeah, Harris is a monster. He's quick. Yeah, quick and elusive, man. We can go ahead and wrap it up, man. It's, it's uh, Saturday night, man. Look, normally I don't do shows on Saturday night. That's the time with me and my, my wife. We we watch uh, television, man. Watch stuff on Showtime and Stars. Uh, we, we've been watching um, Ghost, you know what I'm saying? So uh, that's going to be coming on pretty soon down here. So I don't know if y'all watch Power, uh, Ghost, uh, or was it Power Book 2, Ghost. I've been watching that, man. So about to go, uh, you know, spend some quality time with my wife. Let's see. The truth hurts says I live in uh, North Las Vegas and I won't let my Saints lose this Monday night football game. I hope I hope not. Yeah, look out for us out there in Vegas. Maria, a few more. Got my boy Trevor Trev up in this thing says I can't wait to see how uh, the offense plays without Mike T. Yeah, it's going to be tough, but I think they can get through it. Ray Ray says who that from Phoenix, Arizona to Monroe, Louisiana, man. Shots out to you, man. Phoenix, Arizona. Heard that's a beautiful place to 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 visit, man. I would like to go out there to uh, Phoenix, Arizona, one day check it out. Uh, Robert says, "I feel we will do better blocking for Breeze since we have a complete, healthy old line." Yeah, Cesar E should play in this game, so looking forward to seeing what the rookie first round pick gonna do. TJ's wife says, uh, "Where are you? Get in the living room." <laughs> I'm pretty sure she's saying that for real. Uh, Kevin says, uh, "Who the who?" Shouts out to True, you know what I'm saying? Master P back in the day, four or five hummers versus Jag for the summer, you know what I'm saying? Uh, what do you say? No, four or five hummer purple Jag for the summer. Yeah, okay. Y'all remember that song? Hoo dee hoo, buckle up, knuckle loose. Hoo dee hoo, buckle up, knuckle. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Dalton says can't see Cesar Reeves play on, on Monday. I think he going to play. I think he going to play. So, yeah, I would, I would definitely uh, count on him playing. Uh, but I want to say thank y'all very much for tuning in to the State of the Saints podcast and be sure that you subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com, search the State of the Saints podcast, facebook.com, search the State of the Saints podcast, and uh, also on social media, you can follow me on Twitter, on Twitter, at State of Saints, State of Saints, and make sure that you are uh, following on the audio podcast of the State of the Saints, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio. And we are doing a competition right now, folks. So you can enter for a chance to win a State of the Saints podcast T-shirt. All you have to do is snapshot a picture of you following the State of the Saints podcast on a streaming app. It can't be YouTube, okay? I see a lot of people sending me pictures of them following or watching the show on YouTube. I appreciate that. But we're really trying to push the audio podcast. So if you can snapshot a picture you following on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, wherever you want to follow it, just go ahead and snapshot that, and you're going to enter for a chance to win a free State of the Saints podcast T-shirt, and we're going to reveal the winner on Monday night right after the game where the Saints play the Raiders. And no, I won't be picking a person. The person that is going to be selecting a winner will be my wife. So whoever I decide is the winner will be coming from a drawing that, you know, or a name that was pulled out of a hat by my wife, okay? So I don't want to be biased, okay? So thank y'all very much. Hope you have a good, safe morning, noon, or night, whatever you're watching this show. Look forward to uh, speaking to some of you once again on uh, tomorrow, Sunday, uh, for the prediction show. Thank you. Till next time, all I got to say is, who that? <laughs>